thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. Happy Sunday night, people. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yesterday had me knocked to the ground, had me down for the count. This is Mandisa. Yeah, it is. And I dropped out of sight. The silver cover lost her will to find. I know it's been a while since anybody's seen me smiling. Shame at me thinking it was game over hello dan this is my comeback song yeah everybody this is my comeback song uh-huh yeah i'm still here hope is rising waking up my soul i'm still here all my broken turning beautiful I feel my heart beat beating and my lungs breathe breathing. Yes, my God's not done with me yet. Hello, PR fun guy. All my yesterdays are gone, and the best is yet to come. Now I see there's a reason I survived. There's a story still around. Yep. That's called the pickleball faith, people. <laughs> In a way that only he could. I know it's been a while since anybody's seen me smiling. Shame had me thinking it was game over. Air faces on the show tonight. This is my comeback song. Yeah. Uh huh. I'm still here, people. Hope is rising, waking up my soul. I'm still here. All my broken, turning beautiful. I feel my heart beat beating and my lungs breathe breathing. It's my God's not done with me yet. Sure, put me on the whole screen. All my yesterdays are gone. And the best is yet to come. Yeah, he did. Out of the pits, all glory to God. I will sing it again. Out of the pits, all glory to God. And the best is yet to come. Go Titans. Yeah. Go Titans. The best is yet to come. <laughs> That's for all my Titans fans. <laughs> Hope is rising, waking up my soul. I'm still here. All my broken, turning beautiful. I feel my heart beat beating and my lungs breathe breathing. God's not done with me yet. All my yesterdays are gone. And the best is yet to come. Mm-hmm. The best is yet to come. Yeah, it is, people. 
Don't ever forget it, people. There you go. How'd you like that, huh? The subtle, the, the music, pfft, cut. Almost perfect. Not quite, though. Okay, wait a minute. All right, I'm going to take these earplugs out. Are they earplugs or, or what are they? Heads, a headset? So I guess the difference between an earplug and, 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 ear, and a headset is that a headset has music come through it, and an earplug is trying to block music. Something like that. Right. Now, Randall told me I shouldn't wear this because it doesn't match my outfit. Well, it's, well just... it's, it's a fashion statement for sure. <laughs> I was just thinking if you were wearing a shirt of a similar print, especially if it were made of the same fabric. This is the, it's the same fabric. Fabric. This is... This is cloth, people. Yeah, I know, but I mean, if it was same print, like the same blue and green sort of print, if you're wearing... Green then and it blue go together that, regardless. Anyway, then it would look like a big puffy collar, and it, you might start a new fashion trend. It's like, well, that's kind of weird, kind of, kind of, you know, kind of hip, kind of now, kind of a high collar that's also stuffed, like a big puffy, like filled collar. You might start a new fashion trend anyway. But. How many of you think this looks fine? Just the way it is. Put a one if you think it looks okay. Put a two if you're like, what the heck? What are you, weirdo or what? I don't care. You won't hurt my feelings. Hi, superhero paramedic. <laughs> nice to see you. By the way, thank you so much for sharing our show out to the masses. We totally appreciate it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> hey, there's three people on YouTube. All right. All right. Nameth yourself so that we know who you are. I, wait, I can, I'm going to guess Forrest, Bob, not Bob, Forrest, Jeff, Scott, Barb, and somebody else, maybe. That's more than three. I know, but I was throwing an extra name in there. Joe Schmo. Now, wouldn't it be interesting if there was actually somebody named Joe Schmo? Probably is. Can you can you imagine how Joe Schmo must feel having his name used in vain all this time? Yeah. The delay is quite long. So no no commentary from anybody, really? Not a one, not a two, not a three? Well over on Twitch, uh Luis Pablo T T uh says uh Q on the Ruka. And then says, Alavestia esta en diciembre esta mora pasado de... Hi, George. Pasado de Lanza. So I didn't guess George. <laughs> Sorry, George. I know you're there now, so just so you know. I'm going to guess that's uh, Portuguese. Because um, it looks a lot like Spanish, but... Uh, so... This, people, is a neck warmer. Yes, it's, it is. And it's warming my neck up because earlier today... That's good. I good had a massage. For a neck warmer to do. I got a massage because I'm bartering with somebody. I'm doing some stuff for them. They're doing... They gave me a massage in exchange. And now, like, what, four hours later, my neck is... Like, my whole body is starting to feel sore. <laughs> Feels good still, but I, I don't think I've had that much, like, you know pressure put all over my body in like years so just so you know okay 
All right, so tonight I wanted to open this show. Yeah, go to translate.google.com, Randall. That's what TR Fungi is saying um, over on Periscope. But so my, my computer just froze again. So hopefully it doesn't crash on me. So I'm not going to be able to do anything. So I shelleth, speaketh from my heart, eth, people. All right, so um, I have a quite Okay, so this morning my cat, Gideon, decided he wanted to wake us up as normal because, you know, cats have no sense of what day it is. It's not like they go, oh, today's Sunday or today's Saturday. My owners like to sleep in on these days. No, of course not. Their little tummies are like, meow, feed me now or I will harasseth you until you get up and I will come on. I'll walk on you and I will do everything I can. So my cat was like, he was being completely demanding and I was like, go away. I'm trying to sleep. And, and then he just jumps on me and starts walking all over me. I'm like, seriously? And I go back to sleep. And then, you know, a short time later, same thing. Meow, meow, meow. Walking on me. Bugging me and Randall. And eventually we get up, obviously, because we have to get up at some point. Um, and then I feed him. Right? I feed the little guy. And then afterwards, he's coming up to me, jumping on, on me and, and like meowing at me and and it's like giving me a lecture, like, like, about what? I don't know. But I took him. Pretend this is my cat. So I took him, and I was holding him. I said, I looked at him. I said, you know what? You have a lot of nerve. You know that, right? And he starts purring. And, of course, I'm kissing. I always kiss him on the face. You know, I kiss him on the face. And and I'm like, you know what? You have a lot of nerve. I said, I said, don't you realize that I'm like five million times bigger than you are? I mean, you're just this little teeny weeny animal compared to me, this big, huge human. And, you know, you're so bossy, you know. Here you are telling me what to do all the time. You tell me when to get up. You tell me when you want to eat. You know, you tell me when you want me to pet you. And all this other thing. And he's looking at me purring. And then he does his little, um, you know, little purr. His little cute purr, you know, not the demanding one where he's yelling at me, but he's doing a little cute purr. And you guys know what that's like. If you have a cat, they have different purrs and different meows. And I'm, I'm a mushy, I'm a soft heart, man. So I'm like, you know, you got a lot of nerve, cat. And the minute I said that, this thought came into my mind. Well, you talk to God that way all the time. So who are you to say that to your cat? <laughs> and I was like, your point? And, and the answer that came back was, uh, I think you know the point. You're this little peon human and you tell me what to do all the time. <laughs> you tell me what you want all the time and all this other stuff. And I still love you anyway. And I'm going to kiss you right now. <laughs> I just chuckled at that. I thought, you know what? God has a way of, of teaching you if you listen to him. And by the way, speaking of animals, today's quiz question on my text message list is, what is the number one animal mentioned in the Bible? You know what it is, Bareface, without Googling? I'm pretty sure that I do. What? Sheep. You're correct. Because your sheep heareth your voice. Well, yes, and it makes complete sense why sheep would be the number one animal mentioned in the Bible. We are the sheep of his hand. 
the sheep of his pasture. And we are the people of pasture and the sheep of his hand. Well, it depends. In the old King James, anyway. Man, the people man, of his pasture and man, the sheep of his hand. Men are not animals. I know you might think they are, but I'm talking At actual. Times. I'm talking <laughs> animals, you know, just actual animals. Before the sixth day of creation. Yes. But it is true. Sheep are the number one animal mentioned in the Bible. And I was thinking it's interesting because Jesus talked a lot about sheep. He talked about being the good shepherd. Of course, King David was a, he was a retired sheep herder when he became king. Well, he retired, I think. I don't know if he retired or not, but he probably still had lots of sheep when he was king. Yeah, he was still a shepherd when he was anointed. Yes. That's right. And so sheep. It was a long, sometime after until he took the throne, but. Yeah. He was selected as king. Anyway, sheep are very interesting. So I just want to remind you that God loves you. Yeah, he does. He really does. Think about that just for a minute. I I want you just to think about it. Take it in, people. Take it in your heart. Think about the sacrifice of Jesus. I was just teaching out Awana tonight a little while ago, telling the children, you know, I said, hey, kids, tell me when you were born. And they were saying 2010, 2008, 2009, (laughs) because they're like eight, nine, 10 years old, right? And I said, look, Here's the dash, and then you're going to have an end date. We're in that dash. And I don't know about you, but I'm over 50, which suggests I'm over half my life old. You know what I mean? And there's a story in Matthew chapter 26 about the woman who anoints Jesus with very costly perfume. And the disciples, you know, the good old religious folk headed up by Judas in this particular case, start bagging on the lady and saying, hey, don't you know you could have sold this, you know, all this perfume and given it to the poor? And Jesus says, he rebukes him and the disciples. And he says, hey, you know, you're always going to have the poor with you, but you're not going to always have me with you. What this woman has done, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, will be done in remembrance of her too. She will be, she will be remembered as well. And, and I, so I'm talking to the kids and I said, look, you know, what is it you want to be remembered for? And I, and I said this to the kids. And keep in mind, these are like 10-year-olds, right? 10, 9, 10-year-olds. I said, what is Peter most known for? And one of the little boys raised his hand. And he said, for denying Jesus. I said, that's right. I said, what about Thomas? Another little girl raised her hand. She said, for doubting Jesus. I said, that's correct. And then the little boy raised his hand and he said, and also for being a twin. I said, that's actually also correct. Very good job. You get extra points. My point is, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to be remembered for? This woman, if Jesus could pick anything in your life to remember you for, what would you want it to be? Would it be worshiping him or would it be denying him? Would it be ministering to his people and worshiping him and living your life in a godly way as much as possible, being generous, giving, loving? Or would it be because you were trying to pursue some, you know, unattainable peace through money and education and fame, right? Because that's what people try to strive for today. They They try to strive for like wealth and fame. And you know what? That stuff doesn't buy you eternal peace people only Jesus did he died on that cross for us in our place 
he paid that price. He defeated the, the darkness. He defeated the death, very death itself. He overcame it. And so you and me are overcomers, right? And that's why I opened the show with the Mandisa song, because the song, I'm Still Here, was really her, her, her song about, you know, hey, I was depressed, and you know what? And I didn't think I was going to be able to get through whatever it was she was dealing with, and yet she did because she's still here and the best is yet to come and the best is yet to come. You know, Legal Shield, one of the mottos in Legal Shield is, is the best is yet to come. And it is, right? Have no shame in defending what's good and true. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only thing throughout the history of mankind that has been proclaimed throughout the history of mankind. All the other fake gods out there, they fall. All the other people who proclaim to be God and, and these rulers of the world, they, they're dead. But Jesus isn't. He is living. And we have that hope, right? Even in, even in the, the, tif- the difficult times in your life, when you don't feel like he's there, he is. I read on Facebook today, I read, I don't know if you saw this, but you know Leslie uh, Nance um, that we met? She, she had cancer and she's a nutritionist person now. She does everything with nutrition. I met her at Periscope. I'd know if I saw her. You would know her. Anyway, she she posted on her Facebook today that I think it was, I think she wrote something like, don't tell me stage four cancer cannot be cured because one of my clients has just been diagnosed cancer-free after having been diagnosed with stage four cancer. Our God is a miracle maker. Our God creates miracles. He is a miracle maker. He is the miracle maker. He rose from the dead people and he's alive. Yeah, he is. And so tonight, as we get into 1 John, as Bareface leads us into understanding and, and, you know, soaking in God's word in 1 John, consider the fact that the author who wrote it is living. And he's the one that teaches us as we read his word. You know, he will give you understanding if you seek him with your whole heart. He's there. You know, there, there are really no people out there who, who can't find God. Um, God made that impossible, you know, you know, everybody can find God. We have that within our innate conscience the way God created us. So bareface, I want you to take it away and, um, um, unless you'd like to add anything or should we mention Ariel now and then get into the study? Yeah, I was going to do that up front because in preparing for tonight, I looked at a few different commentaries, not Mm -hmm. many, but I was telling Stacey Lynn earlier that I've kind of come to lose respect for commentaries because so many commentators, even even ones of years ago, of, you know, yesteryear, put stuff, they read stuff into the text that isn't there and sort of speculate on things. And it's like, well, what's wrong with just the text? I've always said that the best commentary on Scripture is Scripture. scripture. Amen, bro. Uh, um, Amen, older it, bro. Amen. <laughs> Mature when, when brother Randall Pandlebearface. Yeah, you are. The, the recorded words of Jesus, of Yeshua, that we have in the New Testament. Do you realize about... S- Somewhere around 70% of his words recorded are either direct quotations or allusions to the Old Testament. Yep. Right. So He wrote it, so what do you expect? Yeah, so it's not like we have to 
search far or search wide or it's this I mean, certainly some things in the scripture are mysteries to us. Uh, we don't understand. Um, but so much of it there we is is explained. Like, I've, you know, those that look at the book of Revelation and, and get like, I don't know, all weird about it. You know, most of the book of Revelation you'll find in the Old Testament the, the prophecies there from from Isaiah primarily are a lot of them. They're also and Daniel, Daniel <laughs> Ezekiel. They're just put in Jeremiah. a they're put in a chronological order in the Book of Revelation. Um, that's what makes it uh, unique. Of course, what some of the things are, uh, you know, are still mysterious. But there are. But uh, John uses language like like unto or as if it were you know to describe a thing so and anyway and some of the things are told what they are they'll be, be given some imagery and then and that'll explain what that imagery is anyway um i feel like i'm being as cryptic as some of the commentaries <laughs> i've read but a lot of them read where it's like i don't get that it seems the the you know, the plain sense seems pretty clear to me. Now, place where I've read commentaries on Scripture and not felt that way at all, I feel like everything I read, read makes sense and is backed up uh, with Scripture, gives footnotes and doesn't just, you know, give these legends or anything like that. Or if there are a legend, it points to a source. A great source for commentary is Ariel Ministries. Find them online at ariel.org, A-R-I-E-L.org, for you listening to the uh, audio. And we remind you that you can save 20% on anything that you purchase there from the Ariel Ministry Store. Save 20% when you use the coupon code BIBLENEWS at checkout. Don't put a space between the two words, Bible News. Smash it all together like it's one word. Like it's uh, one uh, nine-letter word, Bible news. And uh, you'll save 20% off your total. Now, I have to admit that the the store there, their store, you click on store and they've got a few categories. It's not the most navigatable. Sometimes it's difficult to find something particular uh, you're looking for. Um, anyway... I should take that up with them, not you. Uh, but we have on our site, BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash, I forget, whatever. If you just go to BibleNewsRadio.com and look at the top navigation menu there, there's uh, a, a tab for recommended resources. Uh, visit that page and you'll find uh, many of the resources that we recommend. And uh, most of them are from Mario Ministries and that'll point you to some things you might want to you might want to check out so yes yeah, so you can actually get a free messianic bible study on the fall of man if you go to our website yes it's been there for a while yeah but it's still there yeah they've not given us another one since then but yeah those are great stuff and yeah so if you just want to kind of see what it's all about get a taste of what's offered there go to website that button at the top if you're not already on the NR email list, then you can 
um, sign up for the email list and you'll get that free study. Yeah, you can do that. And you can also get on my text message list, which is where I really send out everything. I don't really send out many emails, um, which I know I should because that's what all the gurus say. But I think I have better interaction with my text message list people. By the way, if you want to donate to our show, you can do that through our website, though. Just so you know. Okay. Uh, is that it? Yeah, I guess so. All right. So without further ado, people, my husband, Randall Pandle Bearface, is now your trusty Bible scholar. Mm, student, maybe. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's super cute, too. He looks good in that color, doesn't he? Yeah, you do. Um, this is this colored anybody would look good in. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> but you look really good in it. You, your, your beautiful piercing blue eyes. Yeah, they are. They're darker than mine. See, mine are lighter. Yes, look, they are. people, look. Yes, mine are more of a turquoise kind of color. I like the sweater. <laughs> you guys don't care. <laughs> No. <laughs> You're like, All right. you guys are just weird. What is it with you people? Okay, yeah. anyway, so now you know. Uh, glad you're there, that you haven't left yet. Okay, and now, Bearface. Yeah. All <laughs> right, so last week we started in the, the epistle of First John. We looked at chapter one, and hopefully you remember that the message there that John communicated was that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. That, you know, you would think, you know, he says, that which from the beginning, which your eyes have seen, or hands have handled, etc. Like, this is the message. Well, didn't Yeshua, didn't Jesus, didn't he talk about the end times? Didn't he, the whole Sermon on the Mount, didn't he make this big differentiation between uh, Pharisaical Judaism and what the Law of Moses actually says? Uh, yes, he did. Didn't he do that? Didn't he talk? What about the great priestly prayer that we read in John chapter 15? What about etc., etc.? So many things. In fact, John himself said if, if all the things were written which Jesus did and said, I suppose that not even the books in all the world could contain them. So for him to boil it down to this is the message that God is light and in him is no darkness at all kind of makes you do a double take it. Okay, that's that's it. And really, as we looked at, that is really essential to understanding everything else. God is light; in Him is no darkness. At all there's no gray area. There's no God is uh, not completely moral all the time, or you know, He's He, you know, he, God has sort of an evil bent to Him or some. No, everything. God does is just and right. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. No gray area, no shadow, no, you know, nothing fuzzy at all. Everything he does is out of holiness and righteousness and purity. That is, that is his nature. And in the same way, John talks about if we uh, say we walk in the light, it walked in darkness, we're deceiving ourselves. Say if we, you know, if we, and we say, yeah, we're walking with the Lord, our fellowship is in him, but we have these areas of darkness in our life, then, then that's, that's just dishonest, that's untruthful. And not that we can walk perfectly, that 
we can be sinless. If we could be sinless, we wouldn't need a savior. Uh, but the, but not to dismiss things as not sin that are sin. Um, perf- as as that first chapter talks about, if we are faithful, confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But it takes admitting that sin is sin, that darkness is darkness. Uh, to say that, well, this is no big deal. God winks at this, you know, or I can get away with this because, hey, we're under grace, right? This, is, this isn't a big deal. That This is really isn't sin. Uh, you're deceiving yourself. And uh, the truth is not in us, uh, the Word of God says. So God is light. In him is no darkness at all. And as we go on to chapter 2, it's sort of um, a disadvantage that the scripture is broken into chapters like the separate thoughts. It's really a continuation. You know, it's one letter. Uh, probably when you write a letter to a friend or something like that, you don't chapter one, chapter two, verse. <laughs> it's just continuous. And that's the way it was with this letter. It was a continuous letter. And so the chapter break helps us to kind of break it down and take, take it in chunks and remember where things are by chapter and verse, but remember that it was written as one letter. So we're going to go with this continuation, you know, see where this thought was. Uh, the thought continues about this primary message that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So if you have your Bibles online or hard copy, open them up to First John chapter 2, that's on page, no, I don't, don't know what printing you have, what page. Um, so we'll get into it. We'll get into it prayerfully. First John chapter two, father God, you are so good. You are so right. You are light and in you is no darkness at all. So we ask that by your light, by your heavenly light, that you would illuminate our souls. Lord, help us to see where there's darkness in us. Lord, as David prayed, Search me, Lord, try me, see if there be any wicked way in me, and, and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, uh, show us the light that we might walk in the light. We offer ourselves this time to you, uh, that you may move as you will for our good and for your glory. We ask it in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. Now, Bible Hub is having problems with its uh, certificate, its it's SSL certificate, so all my browsers won't let me go there. You know, click back to safety, and usually it can override HTTPS with just HTTP and go there, but it still, at least the browsers on these computers wouldn't even let me go to Bible Hub. So tonight we're using a blue letter Bible. Um, Blueletterbible.org. And uh, so the layout's a little different. But First John chapter 2, we read, My little children, these things write I unto you that ye not sin. Now, don't look at this as condescending. Look at this as endearing. Because John doesn't say, little children. Snot knows little kids. <laughs> as is accurately translated here, he says, my little children. It's like, I see you as my dear ones, as, as a parent loves their children. And keep in mind, the Apostle John, 
probably didn't have a cat like that. He might have. But um, anyway, uh, he's probably into his 80s at this time. Well, into his 80s that he's writing to the church at large. So he's like a, you know, he's, he's he is a fatherly figure in the church. And if you read the early... Uh, church uh, fathers like Polycarp, who was John's disciple, and, and others, you get this picture of this very fatherly uh, type man. So this was expressing his heart. My little children, these things I write to you that ye sin not. So with this, that you'll never sin? No, the idea that you won't look at some area of, in your life and dismiss it as no big deal that you know this is an area of darkness but you don't call it darkness it's like uh you know this is hey grace abounds uh god really doesn't care and and i can i can go on and i can have you know i can have fellowship with god uh and still entertain this thing in my life as if it's no big deal um anyway so um, where's my scripture? There we go. <laughs> so my little children, these things right to the sin not. I, I don't want you, I want you to be aware. I want you to be walking the light as he is in the light. And that whole idea of awareness and to make sure of that. So and we don't need to be confused. He says, and if any man sin, we're going to sin. We have an advocate with the father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. I love that. We have an advocate. If we do sin, and we're going to, we're going to mess up. Hopefully, as we uh, grow in Christian maturity and walk with the Lord, our sinning becomes less. I, as someone who's been walking with the Lord for coming up on 35 years, something like that. Man, I'm getting old. You know, I find my sins are those of a mission rather than commission. You know, when I first came to the Lord, I was, uh, I was still drinking and smoking pot, and you know, uh, looking at magazines I shouldn't look at, uh, entertaining thoughts I shouldn't entertain. Those things quickly fell away as I walked with the Lord and uh, began to learn of Him. And the Holy Spirit began this process of sanctification in my life. Um, so at first, the sins were sins of commission, sins of committing. And now they're ones of omission, things I know I ought to do, but don't do. And still, still sins. But hopefully, you know, that a sinful life is not something that characterizes our life. As we continue to walk with the Lord, as as the Holy Spirit works in us, sanctification, that setting apart, uh, that sin less and less characters our life, characterizes our life. Uh, but being human, we will slip up. And if any man sin, we have an advocate. Uh, the The idea here is in a legal sense, uh, you know, um, uh, someone in in the courtroom appearing before a judge. Uh, we have an advocate that will go and it'll be our defense attorney, basically. We have an advocate with a father. Who is that advocate? That advocate is Jesus Christ, the righteous. How cool is that? That uh, when we do trip up 
it's not like, oh, now we've got to go pay penance again. You know, we've got to crawl on our knees to a certain place or, you know, flog ourselves or, or, or say this prayer umpteen times or whatever. It's not like we can't, uh, and we'll get it into the next verse. Uh, it's our, we have an advocate with the Father, and that is Jesus Christ, the righteous. Jesus, the man Jesus Christ, Christos, Messiah, uh, Yeshua, Mashiach, uh, God is salvation or salvation, the Messiah, the righteous. He's our advocate to plead for us on our behalf because uh, his character has been imputed to us as we read here in verse 2. And he is the propitiation for our sins. Uh, $5 word there, which means um, a to gain the favor of or appease or um, to, um, yeah, just that, to, to gain or regain uh, favor is to propitiate. Uh, he's the propitiation for our sins. Uh, that there's we do not have to make penance for our sins. To, it's like, well, the the death of Jesus uh, on the cross, his suffering, that was good for all the sins up to a point, but now we have to pay for them ourselves. As some cults will teach you that no, that is not the case. Either his sacrifice was complete it was sufficient or it wasn't and and if it was only good enough only up to a point what kind of sacrifice is that what was the point of that uh to say now you're on your own for dealing with your sins and and making your own peace with god and well if we couldn't do it before how can we do it on our on our own afterward um yeah not he was the propitiation. He is the propitiation for our sins. Uh, not our past sins. Uh, our sins. Past, present, future. He is the propitiation. And not ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So is the whole world saved? It, no, it's up to them to... Uh, to apprehend this gift, as John writes later in this epistle, he says, God has given us eternal life, past tense, and this life is in his Son. The gift has been given. He is the propitiation for our sins, not our sins, just the ones walking with him, but the sins of the whole world. It's the the propitiation for sins, the appeasement of, of the wrath of God, the judgment of God for sin, that's been dealt with. And and in Christ, and He is a propitiation for our sins, and it, it's there for the the taking, for the receiving. He will as many as received Him, He gave the right to become children of God, and so His His sacrifice is sufficient for the sins of all the world. It's just whether or not anyone in the world takes advantage of that propitiation, of that gift, that free gift of eternal life. All right. Moving on, verse 3. 
And hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And this is, again, is carrying out that theme going back to the end of chapter 1 about God is light and there's no darkness. And if we've got, if we say we have fellowship with him, we ought to be walking in the light. Doesn't mean we're sin free, but when we sin, we recognize it for what it is and call it for what it is. We confess our sins. That is to say the same. Uh, God says the sin, I say it's sin too. And I, and I confess it and I'm forgiven. So, from that, uh, continuing that theme, John says, this is how we know we know him. Uh, the, we know we're in fellowship if we keep his commandments. If we're sitting there saying, well, this commandment, like this one, not so much. I don't need that one. I'll, I'll take this one. You know, this this smorgasbord sort of, uh, you know, buffet line. Well, don't like this one. I like this one. Nah, I like what it says there. You know, what, it's, what, what the scripture says, uh, certainly, about... Um, not murdering, I like that. Oh, but the, uh, the stuff that it says about sexuality, you know, and I, I yeah, it's that's a little too archaic. I don't like that. Or you know, if uh, uh, you know, whatever you know, the, the commands in scripture, uh, you know, if we pick and choose, then well, then we're keeping our own set of rules, rules we like. We're borrowing from. God's commandments and and putting them in their own collection of of morality and that's not knowing him that's making our own religion and making God an image we hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments and uh, and we may not be able to live up to them um Paul says, I would have not known covetousness, lest the loss that thou shalt not covet. Um, that doesn't mean he didn't know what it was that was some intellectual exercise, but the law pointed it out in him that, uh, you know, that the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. It comes to a point, it pierces and, and discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Um, Paul was able to recognize covetousness in himself because of what the law said. So keeping the commandments, um, yes, we should endeavor to please God. Uh, but don't get this idea that, whoops, we lied. Okay, we don't know him anymore. Whoops, we had anger in our heart. We don't know him anymore. It's this idea of wanting to keep them, to value them, that this God says, this, I want to do this, rather than, again, this uh, sort of... Um, um, What's, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? When, you know, eclectic sort of, you know, collection of certain commandments we like and discard the ones we don't like. No, that's that's not knowing him. Knowing him is valuing his commandments, whether or not we can live up to them, but endeavoring to please God. And conversely, verse 4, he that says, I know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. If say, so, oh yeah, if, you know, <laughs> I love, I love the um, uh, little dialogue that Yeshua, uh, that Jesus had with the rich young ruler, and he says, oh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he says, um, keep the commandments. And what does the guy respond? He says, which ones? 
it's like that shows you he was in that mindset well these these are you know i want to interrogate her life and i'll keep the ones that i think i can keep but you know what's the important ones the other ones i'll just let fall to the floor because they can't be that important and and i want to hear and you know which ones and the lord is gracious and he says well hey you know and he quotes the second table of the law you know about uh you know do not murder do not commit adultery the things that deal with our relationship with fellow man he said oh all these i've kept from my youth like yeah you're so full of it (laughs) we may have endeavored but yeah you know and so he's like oh one thing you still lack go sell all that you have give it to the poor and then come follow me and then you shall have treasure in heaven he's but can't do that when we said well what is it that's the first commandment thou shalt know the gods before me um so his 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 wealth his possessions were his god he wasn't willing to give those up and so without that in place how can the rest of them be in place uh so he that says oh i i know him um I know him, I keep his commandments, but, well, I know him, but doesn't keep his commandments. He's a liar, the truth is not in him. Um, so, again, looking at that attitude towards sin and the attitude of, of God's commands. Verse 5, But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. If we're, if we want to keep his word, if we value it, recognize that when we stumble and we seek his forgiveness, we recognize sin for sin. We recognize righteousness for righteousness. In fact, um, in Hebrews chapter five, it talks about what marks a mature believer is through practice, someone who's able to discern between good and evil. That's that's Christian maturity right there is is knowing the word of God and through knowing it and applying it through practice of habit being able to discern good from evil and if if you don't recognize evil for evil uh, good for good then you may be lacking in your relationship with God so whoever keeps his word in him, truly, the love of God is perfected. The love of God is working in him. That's why. That's how we know that we know him. Because we're looking to please him. We want to live a life that pleases him. Not a life that pleases us. Picking and choosing the commandments and the things, of, things in the word of God that we like. And ignoring or flat out rejecting the things that make us uncomfortable. But loving his word. Uh, whether it makes us comfortable or not, and endeavoring to please him, that's how we know that we know him. And his love is perfected in us, that we want to love him. We want to express our love toward him uh, in the way that we walk, in the way that we behave. So, uh, again, in contrast, verse 6, he that says... He abides in him. That Remember, going back to John 15. Well, if you're not familiar with it. Uh, uh, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. You know, unless you abide in me, you cannot 
bear fruit. Uh, and it talked about the purpose of abiding in him, uh, just as branches are tied to a vine, that that it's it's um, being there in, in regular fellowship with him, uh, waiting on the Lord, seeking his direction, seeking to please him and hear from him. He that says he abides in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Wow. There is a, there's a high calling that whoever says they abide in him, that abides in Jesus, they ought to be walking in the way that he walked. Um, now, I, I often wonder about this, and I'm sure there are volumes written about it, that Yeshua, Jesus, did not have a human father. He had a human mother. Um, so his his X chromosome came from Mariam, uh, Mary, his mother. His Y chromosome was supernatural, <laughs> supernaturally constructed, fabricated, assembled, synthesized. I don't know. I don't know because she was what child conceived her was the Holy Spirit was of the Holy Spirit. So. The man Jesus, um, of course, you know, the Son of God is the eternal Son of God, was in the beginning with God, the beginning was God, but the Word became flesh and dwelt among us through the man Jesus. Um, uh, took on human flesh, a human body, born of a woman in the fullness of time. Okay, so he was fully man and fully God. Now, when he resisted sin... Uh, Hebrews 4.12 tells us he, that he was tempted in every way we are, yet without sin. Did he resist sin in just his human strength? Or was his divine nature involved in resisting sin? I don't know. That's, that's a good question. And, I'm, and I don't know the answer to that. But John tells us that if... if one says that they abide in him, that abide in Christ, abide in Jesus. They ought to walk also, at, even as he himself walked, um, sim- in a similar manner, uh, uh, resisting sin. Um, uh, Bosch, I had it handy here. Uh, John Phillips in his uh, commentary on Romans, uh, exploring Romans, um, Oh boy, I sure wish that I, I had it. But anyway, he gives this description uh, of the behavior, the character of Jesus, about never having to retract a word, and never regretted anything he said. And it talks about basically his moral character. And uh, it's a very great uh, picture of the Lord. And anyway... Uh, may we endeavor to walk that way. Verse 7. Brethren, I write to you no, or I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which ye have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. All right, so now I read some commentary, I don't know by who, that said, well, the beginning here means the beginning of the, the church when the apostles went out from Pentecost. and It's like, okay, but 
John wrote in the first chapter, that which was from the beginning, speaking of the word becoming flesh and his gospel, he wrote in the beginning. And in those times, it always meant the, the beginning, like in the Genesis sense, the beginning of time and space. And suddenly it means something different. I don't think so. I mean, an old command, which you heard from the beginning. I don't think he means a command since, you know, the beginning of the church age or whatever. But beginning, this goes back. This goes back to the Old Testament. John is is old Jewish man here. Um, he's not talking about the church scriptures at all. When he when he quotes from scriptures, he uses it's the Old Testament he's talking about. So the old commandment, which he heard from the beginning, I'm thinking goes back to goes back to the Garden of Eden. <clears throat> um, uh, that God was about uh, having fellowship with man and about man having fellowship with each other. I think about when, um, another instance, uh, where the, um, uh, I believe it was the scribes that came to Jesus and said, oh, which is the greatest commandment? Now, keep in mind this time, if you were ever part of our uh, life of uh, Yeshua from a Messianic Jewish perspective study when we were going through that um, even at this time in the first century Pharisaic Judaism was, Judaism was established uh, it wasn't uh, codified in what we know now as the Talmud all collected but those writings were still there that there were these traditions where the where the Pharisees and scribes were nitpicking and parsing and saying well these are great commandments these are lesser commandments and then and the greater commandments they added a whole bunch of stuff onto it like how do we know that we're keeping these commandments what does it mean not to work on the sabbath well when you know it just i won't get into it but they made up a whole bunch of other commandments uh on top that weren't found in the scriptures and and as jesus summed it up that you know you lay burdens upon men too heavy to carry and so uh when jesus comes on the scene and you read in the sermon on the mount he's making that differentiation between pharisaic judaism this tradition that had been established and what the word of god actually says he says you've heard it said that but i say to you and to you and he often says, it is written, it is written, it is written. And his, and his, and his rebuke to Satan and in his rebuke to uh, the religious leaders of the day. It's like, let's put aside your tradition that you're teaching is the doc, you know, his doctrine. You know, and this is what the Word of God says. So, um, like when they tried to test about marriage, well, is it, or divorce, you know, is it right to, for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? He says, have you not read in the beginning? Goes <laughs> back to Genesis. God created the male and female. This is this is God's design. Don't you're thinking about what about you know nitpicking? Well, what does it mean to give a certificate of divorce? Is it could it be for this, could it be that? And, and they're treating like some human institution. And Jesus says, Hey, let's go back to the beginning. In a similar way, John is saying, Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you've heard from the beginning. That, that God desires fellowship with mankind, and he desires mankind to be in fellowship with one another. 
Um, the old commandment is the word which you've heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is past, but the true light now shineth. It's not as confusing as it sounds. Maybe it's better in some other translation. But... <clears throat> Again, think back to the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, you know, you've heard it said, but I say to you. He wasn't coming with something new. He was going back to what the Word of God says. But, as the reaction was, wow, he speaks like no man ever spoke. He teaches as one having authority. Like, wow, this is, <laughs> this is, this is new. Like, wow, this is, wow, this is crazy. You know, this is like, this is innovative. Um... It was new in the sense that now the word had become flesh. It wasn't an idea. It wasn't the the law written on tablets of stone. But as we read in Jeremiah 31, the new covenant that was ushered in by uh, the Lord Jesus is the, the the word becomes written on our hearts, and and him being the prototype, if you will. The word had become flesh. Instead of being words on a page, it was now being lived out. Uh, he spoke as one having authority, not as the scribes. Duck as one, he wrote it. But two, because he wasn't filling with the, the, the teachings of men and tradition and fluff and, and confusion. It was just this, this is the way it is. So he wasn't saying anything new, but it was new to everybody else. Cause it was like, wow. Um. Uh, no one ever spoke like this before. Well, yeah, it was written like this before when God spoke it uh, to Moses and others. It was like that, but you know, here it was these centuries later. God in human flesh. It, it was old, but it was new. Uh, what was old was new uh, because instead of just being um, written on the page, it was being lived out in the person of Jesus. You know, he did not come to destroy the lot, but fulfill it, he said. And also, in a new way, uh, John says, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. That we not only have this example of Christ uh, in what it looks like to live the commands of God, but we have, have his light through the Spirit, uh, working in us, as the scripture said, is a God who works within you both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. Paul writes to the Philippians that the Holy Spirit works in us both to want to do um, what pleases God, but gives us the ability to do it, to want, to will, and to do according to his good pleasure. So it, it's an old command, but it's new because there's new life in the old commandment. Um, so again, a new commandment right to you, which thing is true in him and in you. It was true in him. The old commandment was true in him because the word became flesh. He brought life to the written word and it's true in you because he's in you. Um, the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. And we go back to the, the gospel of John chapter one and Look about the, the the true light and this whole idea that again, uh, God coming to the world and, and bringing light. So, 
with that in mind, that the true light now shines in Christ, in Christ in us. Uh, verse 9, he that says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness even till now. Going back to that theme of darkness and light. God is light, in him is no darkness at all. And if you're in darkness and say you're in the light, you're lying. Because they don't mix. You can't be in fellowship with God and in darkness. You, we can stumble in the, and you know fall and sin, but recognize it for what it is. Say it's sin, light shining on it. So yeah, confess our sins. But John writes, if, if you're hating your brother... You're in darkness even till now. If you say you're in the light, you're not. Because that's not something compatible with the light of God, the truth of God. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't light when Cain hated his brother and killed him. It, it's, not, it's not light now uh, if we have hatred harbor, uh, hatred towards someone. Uh, remember when Jesus asked, what is the greatest commandment? Well, well, he said, the first one is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, both of those coming from Deuteronomy, uh, coming from the law of God. So those are the greatest commandments while the Pharisees and the scribes were. Um, you want me to wrap this up, don't you? Well, I mean, it's yeah. an hour show. Yeah. Just to let you know what time it is. Yeah, all right. So, uh... You know, rather than partially divvying this up. Alright, well. So, let's start to wrap this up. Um, so, just, again, continuing the light and darkness theme. Someone hates their brothers, harboring this hateness. Like, it's one thing to say, man, I, I struggle with this. I struggle with forgiving that person. I know it's not right. God, forgive me. Help me not to do that. You're in the light because the darkness is being exposed. But if you're, but if you're harboring hatred and like continuing habitually like, and stuck in that, then if you say you're in the light, you're, you're not. Uh, you're in darkness till now. Because verse 10, um, verse 10, he that loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. You stumble, you stumble in darkness when you can't see. <laughs> uh, when the light is not shining, that's when you stumble. Um, you don't stumble in the light in a well-lit place. And so, encouragement is to walk in the light as he is in the light. Keep things exposed to the light, expose the light of the word, uh, so that through practice, uh, that you're able to discern between good and evil. Uh, next Sunday, we'll pick up in verse 11. Uh, so, uh, you've been warned. We're going to do that. And with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. I'm going to work magic here with all these buttons I have in front of me. And um, and I'm going to... Do you want to come? Do you want to say something? Alright, so I um, won't cut the volume off yet. I'm the one that controls the volume. Well, I, but I mean, I mean, I could just cut off the audio feed altogether. I dare you to talk again. <laughs> hey, 
It wouldn't be Bible News Radio, people, unless I picked on my husband. Just so you know. Well, I should probably turn myself up. There you go. I turned myself down so I could do stuff. I actually, um, that was really good. Yeah. Can let's give it up for Bareface, man. Can we get a woohoo for Bareface? Yeah, woohoo for the Bible study. Well, well, there's a lot of garbage on Periscope, so thank you guys for tuning in to something wholesome and and edifying to your spiritual life, hopefully. Um, man, I was just scrolling through some of the other Periscope stuff. It's a mission field, you know, so, um, so, but I have a prayer request. I just saw this. You guys know who Priscilla Shearer is, right? She's the daughter of, uh, Lois, um, um, Evans, Tony Evans' wife, who just died a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago now, December 30th. Um, it says here that Priscilla Shearer is asking for urgent prayer for herself. She's going to have a lung surgery. Um, and this was, this looks like it was posted yesterday. Um, it says here that um, yesterday afternoon, Bible teacher Priscilla Shearer posted a prayer request on Facebook for an upcoming surgery to remove a lobe of her left lung. And it says here, this past summer, it was clear that something surgical needed to be done as the nodule had begun to grow and show signs of danger, dangerous irregularities. Um, as you know, the past few months has been filled with a lot of difficulty for my entire family. For those reasons, the surgery was delayed, but I cannot put it off any longer without jeopardizing my own health. <clears throat> so, yeah, so, you know, let's keep her in prayer. Um, I, I am concerned about quite a few people. Um, you know, last, last year, last Feb, Feb, February, um, you know, there were four people in my life that died and one of them was of lung cancer <clears throat> and, you know, she was only 50, 55, you know, um, I also want to ask all you guys, you know, you guys know Vicki Fitch. I want you to ask, uh, to pray for her. Uh, she's been very sick. Uh, that's why she hasn't been online in case you haven't, um, seen her online. She really needs your prayer. She's, she's getting treatment, but she's, she's not doing really well. The last I heard, um, kind of trying to rest and stuff. So if you keep her in prayer, um, you know, that would be good. Uh, and of course, wash your hands a lot. <laughs> It's trying to stay away from sick people, you know, because there's a lot of weird stuff going around. Um, Randall had the stomach flu a while back. You know, it's just been going on. I mean, it's it's going around everywhere. Fortunately, I haven't gotten it. Praise God. But I did get food poisoning and the stomach flu when I was in Utah. So I guess that kind of counts. And I guess I did get it. But, you know, this stuff, it's not good. It's not fun. Um, and, you know, you, you just don't know when your number is up. So you know, you need to be ready for your date with God. Yeah, you do. Not to scare you or anything, but you know, you know, life can change in an instant. So, um, <clears throat> so keep them in prayer. Um, and also just, a um, just another thought here too. Um, just tacking onto what Randall said, 
uh, one of the um, ladies in Legal Shield, Melissa Wilder, has been quoted as saying, some will give their lives to fight for freedom, but yet some of us won't even give conversation. And I thought, you know what, that's, that's pretty profound because it's true. We have a lot of people who go out and, you know, they're putting their lives on the line, literally, um, you know, from, you know, your police, your fire, your rescue paramedics, you know, doctors, nurses, you know, they're constantly putting their lives on the line, you know, military, of course, you know, military or army and, and all that. But you know what, so few people will actually speak up for what really matters. And the number one thing that really matters is the gospel, everybody. That's really what matters. The enemy wants to get you all distracted and get you focusing, you know, on things that don't matter. And yet at the same time, um, I have to tell you that uh, the one thing that does matter is what is written in the Bible. So take it to heart and read it, meditate on it, make it, make it a priority. Um, you know, make the word of God a priority. And I guarantee you that your life will change. I guarantee you it will change. And, uh, and it will change for the better. Looks like Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Are you talking about me? You say I look like Margaret Thatcher. Well, heck, you know, I'll take that as a compliment. That was a pretty cool person. Um, anyway, so just take that to heart. And, um, <clears throat> and thanks. Thanks for everything you guys do, for your prayers, for supporting us financially for supporting our, our sponsors, Ariel Ministries and Legal Shield, ID Shield, um, you know, and just the things that you do to encourage us and, you know, social media posts and things like that. I appreciate it. Bareface appreciates it. And um, we just want to say thank you for, you know, being good people, people. So have a good week. We'll see you on Friday. And those of you who are my friends on Facebook, of course, you know, I've been updating every day with some type of video uh, on there on my personal page. So keep checking those out and go to work tomorrow. Read your Bible. And if you have a, an opportunity, also go play pickleball, people. Okay, be bold, stand up and go with God, people, because he loves you.